This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. With me, as always, my bosom buddy, Bob Castron. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan. How are you tonight? Uh, I'm great. I'm in the garage with my best friend. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what more is there, guys? This is it. Living the dream. Bob and Dan doing their thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 I had to shut off the music. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. This One is going to be the new jobs. new way we speak. We talked about this. We feel like the podcast <laughs> needs us to be a little more polished, a little more radio friendly. And this is it from this point out, guys. No, I take it all back. This is all bullshit. This world is bullshit, bro. I don't even know what this is anymore. <laughs> uh, no, we're our own producers in addition to the talent. So, you know, I didn't want the song to like play into the first single uh, uh, on the album we're talking about today. It's Rilo Kett. Ke- Mm. It's Rilo Kylie Day here on the Throwback Podcast. Can't even say it. I'm so excited. You are so excited. I'm excited, too. And I'm sure our listeners are excited that we're hitting a female artist. Uh, You want to re-put that in a different way, Bob? Uh, We're hitting... Oh, we're, we're not hitting. We're discuss a female. Yeah. Artist. No, yeah, we're not hitting you know, anything. Some of the people out there think this is a bro podcast. You just got to be careful <laughs> of the wording, Bob. That's all. Uh, we're, we're covering a female? It's yeah. still a little uncomfortable for some reason. Okay. Uh, is it even a female artist? Rilo Kylie, it's Jenny Lewis and a bunch of dudes. Yep. But I think, you know, baby steps for us. I believe that, um, yes, um, Blake, the guitarist and, and the co-founder of the band, a man. But the heart and soul of the band is Jenny Lewis. Of course. Who uh, had a very nice career with Rilo Kylie, who are no longer a band. This is our first Los Angeles band we're going to talk about on the show here in the garage in Los Angeles. Uh, she went on to, she's had a nice solo career. Je- it's a Jenny Lewis show, let's be honest. Yeah, With all is. due respect to the other guys. It is. It's also the first podcast we've done where we're talking about somebody from the movie Troop Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. And The Wizard. Oh, we have to get deep into The Wizard. Yeah. I'm sure we will. We'll do some wizard talk because I do, um, I did see that in the theater. And it's one uh, oh, of I did too. That of course. definitely stuck with me. And Jenny Lewis was the uh, female lead in that. Um, okay. So. Rilo Kylie. It's Rilo Kylie. Very exciting. Uh, let's talk about uh, the album. It is more adventurous, Bob. It is uh, a release that came out when? August 2004. Wow. Was it Summer? that long ago? Yeah. That's like 13 years ago. Okay. August 2004. Bob, what was going on in August? <laughs> oh, man. So much, buddy. Okay. Actually, not that much. Uh, okay, okay. What do you got? Well, Dave Matthews Band, you know them? Yeah, that's them. Uh, their tour bus uh, this month dumped 800 pounds of human feces from a bridge in Chicago. Yeah. They were intending to uh, unload it in the river, but it landed on a tour boat. Yeah. And the bus driver and the band were sued by the state of Illinois. You could honestly make the case that Dave Matthews Band which was one of the biggest bands of the 90s, without a doubt, um, of our college experience, 98 to 02, uh, was like the, I don't know if they're a jam band, but kind of like 
everyone everyone knew someone. Hey, you like Dave? You like Dave? Hey, you want to go see Dave? Dave and is I, coming to town. Never once was I ever tempted to see Dave. Uh, I saw Dave. Was it was it not good? Well, I saw Dave because he was playing with Beck and Ben Folds Five at Giant Stadium. Wow, so a lot of bad artists on one bill. Wait a minute. Now, ah, that is gotcha, not, gotcha. not okay. Not okay. Um, no, I remember uh, being very excited to see uh, Ben Folds 5, obviously, because they were one of my favorite bands at the time. Right. Excited to see Beck. Willing to put up with Dave Matthews, who were the headliner, uh, to do to do so. Um, I, I checked out emotionally by the time <laughs> Dave came on and just kind of sat through it. Yoshi. The best part about like, oh, you got to see Dave. But, oh, you like Ants Marching? He does a 37-minute version <laughs> in concerts. Like, what? That's not a sell. But back to the point. So he was huge. Like, one out of every three girls uh, at my college had the poster of Dave uh-huh. in black and white just, like, eyeing his guitar during an epic jam sesh. Mm-hmm. Um after they unloaded the 800 pounds of shit onto the tour bus in Chicago, right? They kind of lost their innocence. And if you think about it, what has Dave really been a cultural force since the shit incident? Wait, you think it was the shit incident? I think it. I think it marred their legacy, and it ex- it expediated their kind of. Now they they have almost like. I don't want to say it's as bad as live, for instance, in terms of cultural, how we all look back at the band. But they're kind of a punchline now. And I think it all started with the duty. (laughs) I'm dead serious about this. I'm not joking at all. I know. I want you to be right. I don't think you're right. I think it's I don't think people really How many pounds of shit was it? It was eight hundred pounds like you could have killed somebody with the with the dude that plays the violins like poop. You could have killed somebody. That's like three days worth of your shit. Anyway, what else happened, Bob? Um, Nickelodeon Nickelodeon, uh, ended its successful Saturday night block, Snick. Oh, yeah, I remember Snick. After 12 years. Uh, I have a younger brother, uh, Kevin Danger Hansis. Of course. uh, Who was right in the age range when uh, Snick was at its height. That's with the orange couch and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I used to watch... um, are you afraid of the Are dark? Are you afraid of the him? dark? Was I think my favorite one. Yeah, and I used to mercilessly fuck with him about uh, one particular particular episode, Ebo the Clown, I believe it was. It was about a clown, a fun house that these kids get trapped in. Uh, some legitimately like kind of good scary adventures. It was like Twilight Zone for '90s kids. Yeah, and you're not a fan of clowns, so it's amazing no. that you were able to fuck with somebody else about clowns. Yeah, because it was about a scary clown, so. I respect the scary clown. I don't I'm not into the people that try to to stand by the clown as a, a figure of entertainment and goodness and purity. The, the evil clown, I can get behind that type of pop culture entertainment because I believe in it. Wait, but you're you're afraid of clowns. Yes. Right. So I, what I'm saying is it's impressive that you were able to put your fear behind you mm-hmm. to scare your little brother. Well, it's part of being a big brother. Is right. If sense. it fucks you up, if you could transfer that and amplify it upon him, then you've done your job. I think you already fucked him up by playing August and everything after on repeat when he was like eight years old and you yes. were just listening to it over and over again. And, and that and literally every night him having to listen to WFAN uh, <laughs> during his entire night of slumber. It's amazing he turned out as well as he did. Yeah, he Kev, Kev pulled through. What else? Uh, the big movies that month, Collateral, Alien versus Predator. Oof. And this one. 
that I know you are a big fan I of. I like this. I recognize you. Oh, did you go to Columbia High? No, not from high school, from TV. Didn't you play the retarded quarterback? <laughs> are you really retarded? <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, my God. Is that Garden State? It is Garden State. Oh! <laughs> you know, I give you credit, Bob, because you could have went with... I could have went with this one, which I also have queued yeah, up. Yeah, go ahead. What are you listening to? The Shins. You know them? Oh. You gotta hear this one song. It'll change your life, I swear. Oh, I'm sorry. You have to. Uh, I gotta fill out your forms. Conundrum. Think you could uh, maybe listen yeah, while I you fill out the Yeah, okay. It's real good. What does he say? Say. It's good, I like it. Well, he's just staring off into the distance right now. Middle distance. Uh, big smile from Natalie. It's good, I like it. But my memory remembers it. All right, I'm going to fade out on this. I hear you. Takes him off. And. It's good, I like it. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> well that's done. so bad that I remember. Uh, I, I still stand by that I think we should do a Garden State soundtrack episode. And just kind of delve into the 2004-ness of it all. Yeah. This episode will do a nice job doing that, too, because it's a very interesting time and transition. Uh, if you are 24, uh, everyone can relate to that. But Garden State was a movie that I – I don't know about you, Bob, but um, I've talked about this on my other successful podcast. Uh, you have another podcast? Yes. It's way more popular than this one. What do you guys talk about? I, do you want to know? Yeah. Yeah, we talk about football. Oh, that's that's pretty broy. Yeah, a little broy. Okay, but the, you know, stay in your lane. I'm okay with that. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, uh, Mark Sessler, and I, we all talk about it. We kind of feel bad about how much we like that movie in retrospect. It has not aged well. I think we should do a Garden State episode. <laughs> hey, people, hit me up if you agree. So we right. do Garden State. We're doing Corky Romano. We have a lot of oh, movies. Definitely got Corky. I was thinking maybe we could do Undercover Brother. One of my favorites yep. from that era. White people love mayonnaise. <laughs> and well, do you know that the connected tissue there is that uh, our boy, the mascot of the throwback podcast, Chris Kattan, plays the chief antagonist. We're officially giving him the mascot role? Let's go for it. It's his first role in years. He's going to be so excited. Oh, Shredder. Sorry, Chris Kattan. All right. Uh, and is, is it time to talk about the number one single in America? Number one single in America when More Adventurous by Rilo Kylie came out was this song. This is my cue. Slow motion for me. Slow motion for me. Moving slow motion for me. Slow motion for me, slow motion for me, moving slow motion for me. Uh. I like it like that, working that fact. I don't know how to act. Slow motion for me, slow motion for me, slow motion for me. Slow motion by Juvenile, who, uh, uh. who released this off his album, you know it, Bob, Juve the Great. No, one of my three favorite Juvenile albums. I believe it's possible he's incarcerated. Hang on. This might be our first uh, number one single in which the artist is currently uh, in prison. Are you uh, sure about this? Because that's like straight up slander. If let you're me wrong. just see. Uh, is it libel or slander? It's okay. maybe both. No, he's had legal troubles, but I will take it back. He is not currently in prison. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe so. He's had some drug charge issues. 
some child support issues, but no, he's not in prison right now. I apologize, Juvenile. Uh, congratulations on this hit single. I like this song. Let's listen uh. to it. He's also back that ass up, right? Uh, sorry. <laughs> Bob was lost in his uh there. <laughs> He's also back that ass up, isn't he? Isn't that wasn't Juvenile's first big hit, Back That Ass Up? It was. That is an all-time banger of the aughts. Slow motion, nice. Maybe, I like that one maybe, too. maybe we'll do a Juvenile album at some point. See, don't try to put us in a box. Don't put us in a box. Don't. Because if you do, well, you'll probably be right. Hey, guys, listen to this song. It'll change your life. How did that go? It was nice. Any chimp can play human for a day Uses opposable thumbs to iron his uniform And run for office on election day Fancy himself a real decision maker Take it back, take it back more troops than salt shaker All right. So, more adventurous. I believe it's the third album from Milo Kylie. As I said, a Los Angeles-based outfit. Uh, it's a hit. Track one, and right away, Bob. Right away. You know, you think people are angry now about our president and the the political climate? Well, they are. It's yeah, pretty much no, unprecedented they, they, right now. They definitely are. Yeah. Um, but what that has done? What's happened with Trump? Has had the effect of almost dulling how pissed and furious people were about the second George Bush. So as, song, as soon as I hear the opening lyrics and the lyrics are not ambiguous at all, this is our, our, our sweet Jenny Lewis savaging George W. Bush to start this album. Calling him a monkey. Just throwing his shit out there. Right. Uh, yeah, this was like, it's like a very sweet anti-Iraq, anti-George Bush song. That I don't know with those horns. Those horns don't sound anti anything, <laughs> but it, this is like an anti-war anthem from 2004, technically. Yeah, yeah. This was right 2004. Now we're getting into like the real. Well, I think he got reelected in 2004. He did in he November. Did. So this was, uh, I, w- I would assume, uh, Jenny Lewis's attempt to turn the tiny little alternative. Uh, audience that that Ryle Kylie dominated at that time against George Bush, but they probably were, were ready. I was going to say, I don't think anybody needs to be turned. Yeah, they were they were voting for John Kerry anyway, but she had to get this off her chest, and I get it. No, no blood for oil, man. Yeah, that was a big thing. That was then. a big thing. That was a real thing. Yeah. But now people yell ironically, but that was a real thing. <laughs> I was going to say it was a more innocent time, but it definitely wasn't a more innocent time. It was just yet another. Uh, fucked up time after when bob 9-11 <laughs> we did it guys chris Catan and 9-11 you know we need we need to start using a little ding we do need a real every ding. time we have a yeah. 9-11 ref in a big spot um i so i was curious uh i don't know why i did this I've, i haven't done this with any of our albums i went to pitchfork out of curiosity to yeah. see what they said about this album in 2004 wait let me guess because they have a 
ridiculous arbitrary even down to a tenth of a point yes what would pitchfork think of a rilo kylie album in 2004 i'm gonna say 7.4 good guess the 7.4 is like one of their go-to numbers yeah but you have to knock him down one peg from that to the 6.7 6.7 yes so what if is you, their if, criticism of the uh, if uh by the way if listeners don't know what we're talking about pitchfork.com used to be pitchforkmedia.com oh yeah Bob. pitchfork.com just led you to like some farm website back in 2004 preach Bob. but uh it's a ultra snobby music website mm-hmm. run by hipsters some who, would say it's an elitist uh site but it's also very powerful very powerful yeah. you know they gave you know yankee hotel foxtrot a 10 when it came out and that was like a big deal for the album and like they've definitely helped make some albums bigger they also, if you're an artist and you're putting out your third or fourth album and you're not, I mean, you're not the national, they're going right. to hate, they're going to hate you normally. Yeah, that's basically nice rundown of Pitchfork, Bob. Uh, go on. So anyway, so more adventurous. <laughs> um, this is the line. This is the little paragraph. About, By the way, um, it's Pitchfork would hate our podcast, but go on. No, I, fuck you guys. Hey, Pitchfork, fuck you if you're listening. I don't want you to like this podcast. Oh, all right. Slow down, Bob. I hate them, yeah, but okay. I but I listed, but I went to them every day. Yeah, yeah in two thousand four. Um, so this is a uh, third That's paragraph nice. down. Yeah. Unfortunately, the songs and especially the lyrics don't give Lewis the support she deserves. More adventurous opens with its weakest number. It's a hit, whose painfully awful lyrics criticize the president by comparing him to a monkey that throws its own feces. <laughs> Compared to the subtler anti-GOP songs like the fiery furnaces, we got back the plague. It near it neatly illustrates mm. the gap between satire and pure griping. All right, shut up. I mean, just shut up. Yeah, that no, it's a hit. I I was I will say this I I did revisit we've talked about doing this album for a few weeks now and I a few months now I should say and I revisited it about a month ago and uh, the lyrics did strike me as a little bit on the nose okay uh, but so I'm almost I'm pro pitchfork on this take yes, and yes. I don't know if that makes things weird between us yes, Bob we know whose side you're on <laughs> hey here's track two and uh, a great kind of um, starter kit for what is endearing about Jenny Lewis as a songwriter. Here is Does He Love You. This was, when I first got this album, immediately my favorite song on it. Get a real job Keep the wind at your back And the sun on your face All the immediate unknowns are better than knowing this tired and lonely fate. Jenny's so vulnerable. Does he love you? Does he love you? Will he hold your tiny face in his hands? I guess it's spring. Okay. Okay, so while the it's a hit lyrics might be painfully on the nose yeah i feel like these are also on the nose lyrics that just work in such an illustrative way that i like that they're as descriptive and almost basic as they are telling the story that she's telling they're pretty naked and confessional it's it's basically a story of a girl who's into a dude that has a girlfriend and and then the guy kind of fills her with hope that it's something that can work out. And then 
she, he kind of leaves her high and dry. Basically, is that how the song ends? Yeah. And I remember. I actually have a memory of this, Bob. I think we were driving up to Boston. Uh, it was October of 2004. It was the week that the Yankees blew uh, the ALCS against the Red Sox. Uh, so a very dark, dark time uh, in America. But this was our ride there or the ride back? It's the ride there. Okay. Uh, and we were listening to this album, and this, this song in particular was very like... I remember thinking as, as a 24-year-old at the time that this was like... Jenny Lewis was the girl that out there, this is the girl that I'm looking for. She was very complicated <laughs> and very real. Yeah, yeah. And, and and just like very passionate almost to to a fault. And I was single at the time and I was like, there's gotta be like somebody there's gotta be a Jenny Lewis out there. In reality, I don't know if you could handle a Jenny Lewis at this stage of her life, but she was certainly an archetype of for a 24-year-old Dan of what is an interesting, compelling woman to be with. I was completely compelled. Like, you hear so many songs that's like, keep your hands off my man. Like, you know, that's my guy. Like, my boyfriend's back. You don't hear songs where it's like, I'm the other woman and I'm kind of pissed at this guy for not leaving his girlfriend or wife for me. Like, you have a baby coming. You told me it was going to be me. And like, I'm pissed and I'm going to sing a song about it. That was totally compelling. Yeah, I was last week I was talking about how like I would make post breakup mixes for ex girlfriends and put sad songs on them. Like so I could empathize with Jenny Lewis's fragile mental state. I feel like if we could have made things happen together, Jenny and I, we could have <laughs> just like held each other in our arms like on a like a Saturday afternoon at like four PM just being under the covers, like crying together holding. She would have never Jenny Lewis would never put up with your shit. What do you, I mean, she, clearly, she had her own issues, Bob. Let's not pretend she, no, wasn't. I know, she but, was the other woman here. Right, but she would see your issues and just fucking <laughs> lose her shit. You're and there's, so there's no cuddling. No, you know what? You're jealous, Bob, because my mental state was probably more <laughs> more uh, akin to hers. Oh, wait, you were more complicated than me? You were more yes. damaged? I think I was at that point a little more complicated and damaged, I'm going to say it. First of all, neither of us are complicated or damaged. Well, it's, yeah, the bar is low. <laughs> okay. I mean, but. I'm saying she would have seen me as someone to nurture as well. We, we would have had a nice relationship for about eh, six days. Yeah, six days sounds about right. I take it. This song, by the way, is pretty uh, ambitious, too, for like a, what lyrically is like a little ditty about heartbreak. There's strings. That, they really kind of went for it on this album. Track two, just going for it. Like, yeah. I love that. And it's, uh, I think that is probably you could read into the title of the album, More Adventurous. That they were trying to go over something bigger, uh, and that is, does he love you? I would have loved you, Jenny. No, you wouldn't have. I would have. You would have wanted to, but you wouldn't be able to fucking deal with her. Because years later, on her last album, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the song. It's the one... um, where she's talking about having silver a, lining, having a three. Was it silver lining? Is it like the threesome song? Mm, nope. Where she wouldn't. puts her fist through the drywall. Yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking like, about. She's got fucking asshole. Can't handle her. You can't handle her. <laughs> All right, play the next song. All right, this is the song that got the most play on uh, college rock radio and so on. Portions for foxes. Bob, may I have a beer? Sure. Mm. 
No blood for oil. Not my president. Tear it down to Tom's statue. Mission accomplished. Or is it? Never forget. This song is about the hanging Chad in uh, Florida. <laughs> so early 2000s. <laughs> Wait, I like this part. Yeah, this song is so good. Bad news, Dan. You can't handle her. She's bad news. She's warning you. Well, yeah. Like... Like me, very complicated, <laughs> layers complicated. upon layers. There's like two layers to you. And, and one of them is Bono. We just had to, we had to, you know, we needed that space from each other. That's why it never happened. Yeah. But uh, be- Portions for Foxes, very strange uh, song title. And now I see, thank you to Wikipedia, um, it references the Bible verse, Psalm 6310. How about that, Bob? Come back to us, Bob. Come back to us with the Bible? Yeah, Christianity. Come on, oh, man. come back. Yeah, come on back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was ever invited in the first place. Okay, that's fair. Um, anyway, you want a little pop culture fun facts for Portions of Foxes? Please do. It is included as part of the Rock Band 3 soundtrack. Also featured in the first episode of the ninth season of medical drama Grey's Anatomy. Did that happen with uh, uh, Pete Yorn too? Was yeah. Was he in a Grey's Anatomy I mean, I assume episode? so, yeah. It was also featured on the soundtrack to the 2005 film, big hit comedy, R-rated comedy, Bob. Knocked up. Wedding Crashers. Okay. So, anyway, this song was the most popular song of the album. Yeah, and it's still good. I haven't heard it in a while. Love it. Yeah, it kind of it probably deserved a better fate. It should have been... We've talked about this before. This gets annoying, but it's like... Some of these songs that you, this is if you were a fan of alternative music in this era and it showed up on Stereo Gum or something like that, and then it became kind of popular in its own little world, you'd always, why didn't it become an actual like pop hit? This seemed to have everything checked. It was like a young, hip band with an attractive, interesting lead singer that, that was a female and it had a good hook and a great chorus. Why wasn't this a hit, Bob? I mean, in its in its world, in its you know universe, it was a hit. I mean, crossing well, you're saying over crossover. Is what I mean. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's this is also Saddam Hussein's fault. I don't know, man. Maybe if John Kerry won in that timeline, this becomes everything a changes. Hit. Yeah, if Kerry wins, it's John like Kerry's where... like he invites Rilo Kiley to the White House. To you talking it. butterfly effect, bro? Butterfly effect, bro. Ashton Kutcher style. <laughs> Rilo Kylie performs at the inauguration. Everything's different. We oh, don't wow. have Trump today. You're married to Jenny Lewis. Everything's different. Everything would have been different. All right. So that was Portions for Foxes. Leads us into uh, track four in the album, which I believe I want to get his last name right because he is one of the central um, creative leaders of the group. Like we, Jenny Lewis, we said we're all about it. But Blake Bortles. 
Not Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback. Embattled Jaguars QB, Blake Bortles. No, Blake Sennett? Shelton. Sennett? Sennett? Let's say Sennett. Shit, that's a big gamble, bro. All right, Blake S., we're going to call him. Uh, he sings on one song on the album, Bob, and it is track four. This is his little Noel Gallagher moment, I guess. The song is Ripcord, and it's a nice little acoustic ditty. Bob lost the thought. It's like very Hawaiian. Yeah. It's very like islandy. I get. Wow. This this song was included in the films Must Love Dogs in Conversations with Other Women and John Tucker Must Die. Okay. So that gives you an idea of like what this album how it connected in that way. It was kind of the album like a lot of people were listening to be like, hey, did you hear the new Riley Kyle? It was kind of like the cool album to be into. So I could see why like movies and TV shows would want to capitalize right. on the buzz of like an album, especially a buzz from an L.A. band. All these productions. Yeah, I'm sure they LA. were playing at Largo or they were playing at the Troubadour. And, right. You know, some industry execs were there. And it helped our artist last week, Pete Yorn, too, who exactly. had L.A. ties. So. I guess the, the, the point here, Bob, is we're barreling towards 40, but if we want to start like a, a band... We're in the right place. We're in the right city. We know mm. we're obviously we're skilled axemen with the guitars. We're, yep, we're we tuned into uh, what the kids like these days. Yep, we definitely could play the beginning of Santa Monica. Um, give us a little practice. I, I could play like some of Brick on the piano. I mean, that's just, those are layers upon layers. I mean, we're ready. We played a lot of rock band in 2007. And that, I probably, singer, that probably so helps us. Uh, we're in a good spot. I want to kind of talk about like the world, the, the kind of music world that we were living in when this album came out. Because like you're talking about like why didn't it cross over and that sort of thing. Like it was such an interesting time to be like finding music in 2004. Like you mentioned stereo gum before we talked about pitchfork. I feel like 2004 was prime music blog territory. Yeah. It where, was like the height of MP3. Mm -hmm. It was post Napster. I think, you know, you had things like Kazaa and what were some of the other post Napster? Yeah. I think those file sharing Lime sites, LimeWire, they were still around, but it was really like the birth, like the kind of prime of all of these music blogs popping up. Right. And like influencers telling you, hey, this is cool. You should go give it a listen. Yeah. It was also that it was that period where like if you want it was the last time where really it was kind of the wild, wild west, because once Apple uh, got into it with iTunes and all that, um, it started to get harder to find free music. But in this little era after post Napster, before Apple, like the mid 2000s, you could never have to pay a cent for music. Now, whether that's morally uh, responsible or whatever, that's your problem to deal with. But you could just follow a bunch of music blogs that posted all the type of music you like, and you could get all this stuff in MP3 form for free on your computer. Yeah. Very in quality. Very in quality. And also, like, I don't know, I found it to be more like, I found more more music that I ended up paying for because of it. Because, you know, all of these sites that I would bookmark and then go to every day, like Flux Blog or my old Kentucky home. Like mm -hmm. There were so many. Like, I had one after the other. Are these blogs still around? That's a great question. I'm only oh, Jenny. Oh, Jenny. 
I never listen to Jenny. A flesh and bone, and I went much. We all do. I thought I might die. Bob, every week we pick one song for the Spotify playlist. Uh, We are up to how many songs now? 12 deep on the album? 12 deep. 12 deep. And I always loved the song, I Never. Great. I think, yeah, I think seriously, I the songs that I liked the most from Jenny Lewis is when she was at her most vulnerable and clearly talking about, I think, Blake S., they were a legitimate, uh, in a real relationship um, that didn't work out, which can you even imagine. Like being, it's like, Bob, if you and I fucked for a long period of time. Longer period of time. Longer. And then um, broke up, would we still be able to do this podcast? What if we didn't have a choice? What if there was a lot of other stuff riding on this? This was our passion. And it's like, got to come to the garage every every Friday night, regardless of you know what I'm feeling. I guess I just break down and start fucking you again. <laughs> Wait, is that is that the lesson here? Well, I got layers, Bob. So it's like, Wait, yeah. that layer broke so easily. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. And I'm probably fucking you. Let's be honest. Well, okay. See, now we're th- we're getting into some heavy disagreements now. <laughs> How dare you insinuate that you're the top in this relationship? I didn't even say top. Maybe power bottom, but I'm definitely the one thrusting. <laughs> is that what a power power bottom is? I don't know. That's kind of what I imagine it is. Okay, well that let's we'll, we'll put that you know, stick a pin in that conversation because <laughs> I want to know what a power bottom is now. Stick my pin in that conversation. Nailed it. Anyway, Boom. I never getting back to getting back on point. That was a that was definitely the strangest detour in throwback <laughs> podcast history. Um, Something about Jenny Lewis. Just I love I love vulnerable Jenny Lewis, uh, which she kind of I followed her career. Might be not as closely as you have uh, with the the Watson twins and some of her other stuff, um, but did she kind of move away from this a little bit? This type of confessional songwriting at this level, because this is pretty raw. Some of the stuff on this album, I think her last album was pretty, pretty raw. Um, her album with the Watson twins and the one that came right after it, I feel like weren't as personal. There were a lot of great songs on them, but. Not as personal as, you know, does he love you and this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, I love this song. I do, too. I love Jenny Lewis. Yeah, and I haven't heard that one in a while, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Let's move on to the next track. It is called The Absence of God. This sounds George Bushy. This feels like a potential George Bushy number. We'll find out. Have you ever seen her in concert? I don't think I have. Have you? Once. The wife and I saw her at Largo. And she just brought out brought out just everybody. She brought out the Watson twins. What year was this? She brought out Ben Gibbard. This was about a year before her last album came out. So whatever that was. But so recently. Somewhat recently. Yeah. Did, um, did some Postal Service songs. I mean, it was such a cool... She's so cool. And she's done so many cool things. It was just awesome to see her live, just kind of going through the whole yeah. gamut from Rilo Kylie to her solo stuff to Jenny and Johnny to uh, Postal Service. It was great. Highly recommended. She has um, 
another project. She's pretty prolific. Uh, what's it called? Cool as fuck. I think is nice as fuck. Cool as nice fuck. As fuck. Hard as yeah. fuck. It's something, something as like fuck. that. Uh, which they had a really good single that they were playing the festival uh, circuit, and I know this because shout out to Mark Ortega, a guy I worked with at NFL Media, who is he traveled to every single festival uh, uh, every weekend last year and did the year before that. He's a big time music fan and a huge Denny Lewis fan, and she apparently is a really really good live artist. It does not surprise me. Why do I feel like I did see her? Hmm. I'm gonna pump this up a little bit while you think about that. Okay. We could be daytime drunks if we wanted. We'd never get anything done that way, baby. And we'd still be oh. ruled by our Bob. Got it. When we talked about during the uh, episode with our friend Mark Sessler uh, about our sad Coldplay show, where right. we talked about our girlfriends, ex girlfriends. Ryle Kiley opened for Coldplay. Did they on really? On that tour, yep. Wow, I don't even remember that. Yep, one. they did. Yes, they did. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That is the absence of God. So I did, but I never saw a proper. Right. I love that daytime drunks. We could be daytime drunks line. Yep. Again, she, she was she was really special. Like, to be in that, to be 24 and trying to figure stuff out, and there's just like, Cool rock chick talking about we could be daytime dress. It's easy to fall for Jenny Lewis. Here is accidental death, intentionally misspelled. This feels like a good time to talk about the wizard, the 1989 <laughs> Fred Savage vehicle, Bob. Um, she was uh, a- 1989 Power Glove vehicle. Fred Savage <laughs> was merely a vessel to bring the Power Glove to America. I saw my Uncle Stu took uh, me and my cousin Mike to see The Wizard in 1989 uh, as big-time Nintendo fans. Jenny Lewis was probably at the time like 12 or 13, and she was, I think, winding down her career as a child actress. And, uh, I mean, she's legit L.A. She she grew up, she was in Bob the movie. You said... Uh, I think she was in some a few other things too that were kind of notable, but those, but the the wizard I remember, I was nine and having an insane crush on this redhead girl in the wizard, like completely like that nine year old boy kind of crush, or it's just like you don't even really you're, you have no ability to process why right. you're in love with this right. This you girl. just want her to be on the screen more. Yeah. Uh, and so it was a little bit like freaky when she resurfaced like a decade or so later and and then you read for the first time in some like review of the album so probably some shitty pitchfork review about how oh, the final child the the, the the former child actor and then you do an IMDB search you know, oh my god she was the redhead I was from in love with her wizard it was her and um, the girl from Goonies who they like I always thought they were the same person Oh, um, right, Andy right, from right. Goonies. Yeah. But um, no, I, I loved her from that. I remember watching Troop Beverly Hills because I had a little sister and she was adorable in that. Again, like in the 80s when I'm a kid and I don't know what I'm thinking, but it's like, I like this. Yeah. Uh, and then she showed up again in our lives as like a prominent uh, fixture on the indie rock scene. And now she's kind of like an elder statesman of the indie rock scene. It's a nice little uh, we, life we, Jenny we, Lewis we, put together. We've grown up with Jenny Lewis. It's kind of cool. 
Thanks, All right. Jenny. Should I pump up accidental death? We haven't done that yet. If we have to. Your fright gives way to memory. Having coffee with your love. Kind of an MF. I hear postal service in the song. Yeah, you got that little like synth in the background. I guess it's an MFR. It's not a bad MFR, but it's not. It's not. You know, bringing down the Bush administration. No, which was definitely the goal of this album, as we're seeing. You think like George Bush and his compound uh, at Camp David just like sat around with like Laura and a bunch of like shadowy CIA figures, Dad, of course, and plotted ways to try to get rid of Rilo Kiley. Oh, no, I think George Bush was the guy she was singing about in uh, Does He Love You? <laughs> wow, you yep. think it's that level? Yep, it goes that deep. That is deep. Because <laughs> I was just about to, to blame George W. Bush for the breakup of Rilo Kiley, <laughs> but you're saying that they were in a committed relationship yeah, that didn't work out. and she's singing about Laura Bush, like, you know. Interesting. Yep, yep. Uh, next track, it is the title track. Which means it's the name of the album. Nice. More adventurous. No, I got it. Yep. Just in case people didn't know. This is the country twang song. And it's only doubts that we're counting on fingers broken. Like a little steel pedal guitar, you know, as much as the next guy. It's a nice little song. It's a great little song. It's funny. The table it, is, for it? it is kind of like a little song, which is kind of interesting that this is the name of the album, and it definitely feels like a little song, like a yeah. country-ish. This isn't like the rock song you would think that Rylo Kylie would name their album after. It was kind of like on its way to where they were going but hold on I'm going to stop myself there because the yes. next album sounded nothing like this no the next album Under the Black Light was definitely um, way more polished yeah a lot it was kind of slinky it had it dealt with porn stars and all sorts of stuff also had my favorite Rilo Kylie song um, Silver Lining which I think is one of the best like pop songs of that decade uh, but maybe we'll get to that in another show uh Nice little song, Bob. I'm not going to call it an MFR. No, you can't. You can't call no. the title of the album track an MFR. Okay, it would be irresponsible. Yeah, you're right. What about was the ego has landed? Did that was that the name of a song on uh, the Robbie Williams? I don't know LP? if it was, but you know what? Just well, uh, harmonica break. Bob, oh, wait, we got to pump it up. Sorry, I almost missed that one. I think GW be fucking. You know what's funny? Speaking of Robbie Williams, about that uh, podcast that we yeah. did, it you happens. you straight up somewhat drunkenly skipped a track on the album, <laughs> yeah, and nobody has called us out on it. Like nobody, number one, nobody knows the album, right? And number two, nobody cares. Yeah, I, I skipped Jesus in a camper van, which, which is was definitely a song we would have torn had apart. Some fun with, yeah. But you have to remember also with that that. 
that was the American release. Right. It was like almost a compilation. And nobody in America had it. Nobody had it. And everyone right. over there Never didn't know it. the track right. listing. So, so it's fine. We got away with it. Safe. We nailed it. Uh, next track, Love and War. Uh, parentheticals, Bob. 11, 11, 46. Oh, I don't like this song. I remember this song. I'm sorry, did you say you don't like this song? I do not like this song. Really? Yeah, I don't like it. This is a great little rocker. Eh. Really? Eh. I like this song. I'm trying to look up what happened on November 11, 1946. It's Veterans Day. George Bush was born. Is that true? No, it's not. Oh. You looked at me so excited. Well, that would have been a nice little connective <laughs> tissue moment there. I don't know. Maybe it is true. There's no way to find out that sort of information. No, no there's no way to find I can't believe you don't like the song. I don't even know if I should give an MF or status. I think it's just a pile of shit. What is wrong with you? This this could have easily <laughs> been my nomination for our Spotify playlist. I hope it is, because I will shoot it down with vigor, <laughs> sir. You what come with this weak sauce in track nine. You try to hide it on track nine, think I won't seek it out there is to nothing, bury it. There is nothing weak about this. Well, how about this? There's no melody. It's not cohesive with the rest of the album. The lyrics are stupid. The title is dumb. What happened in 1946? Out! I'm out! What are you talking about cohesive with the album? This is in the same vein as It's a Hit, Portion for Foxes. It's a rocker. This album kind of goes... And let's count down with the rocker title. Like, this is like some type... This is Thunderstruck or something. Let's calm down. All right. You can name one ACDC song. For this album, it's a rocker. That This album that ranges from country to ballads to beautiful songs like I Never. It has like three or four songs that legitimately rock in the context of this album. And this is right. one of them. Are you, why, are you, why are you scared of electric guitars? <laughs> I mean, it just it doesn't do it for it's just the difference in opinion. That's it. Listen to this shit. Oh, that's pretty cool. What's wrong with you? All right. Please. I'm going to fade out of this, but I'm not, I'm not happy about this. Show some mercy, man. It's a good song. All right. Next track. Track 10. Penultimate track. A Man. Slash me slash then Jim. Hmm. Poor Jim. Now imagine. <laughs> I don't know why this just came to my mind. This came out in 2004. What if this told the entire plot line of the series The Office and foretold it all? <laughs> Would that be the craziest thing that has ever happened in music? It's definitely the, the craziest thing that. The craziest bit that I don't want to get into. <laughs> Like things are weird with my boss. He's cute, but I have Roy on the side. Oh God! <laughs> Wait, Jenny Lewis is Pam. <laughs> Whoa, they kind of have some similar kind of personality traits a little bit. When will Roy propose? Uh-huh. Casino nights are great app. 
All right, I'm going to just pop this up. His note said if living is the problem, that's just baffling. And at the wake, I waited around to see my ex first love. And I barely recognized her, but I knew exactly what she was thinking of. I guess I would have loved it if, if Jenny Lewis turned into, like, our generation Stevie Nicks. Because I feel like she had that type of allure, and she had the chops, and obviously was a great performer. Uh, not that she's had a bad career. She's had a great career, but... You know, I don't think our generation gets one of those. We don't get one, I guess. We but don't get one. I guess that's almost a credit to Stevie Nicks, too, and just the cycle of things, but... Having a Nicks must have been great. It must have been great. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we have to kind of find our own Nixes these days, and she definitely has, like, a fan base, and I think she has, like, a pretty cool fan base. Who, like, I Jenny? Feel, yeah, I feel like cool people yeah. like her, like, like you know, the girls from Heim came from the Jenny Lewis coaching tree, you know? It's kind of cool. Yeah, I think she absolutely was, um, has led to other music like she's def- what is the word I'm looking for about influential she's or been, yes very influential I think to uh, a lot of female songwriters it's a nice track 12 oh track 10 I'm okay with it well I don't I don't know what you want from this album because you know I feel like this is really an album yes yeah, nice. beginning to end where it kind of goes up and down and even the uh, the MF track I think kind of fit in the context of the album well, I guess I'm I'm looking at it from a critical like most albums, you know, fade near the end. I don't even hold it against the album because I don't like. Do I think this is one of the greatest albums of all time? No, right. but it's got a lot of songs that I enjoy. It's it's front loaded as most albums are. Uh, that was, I have no problem with that. That what I meant was that you know for a late album track and you, a lot of artists like to wind it down a little bit. That works. Okay. Here's the final track, track eleven. It just is. I think this is the song I want to be buried to. <laughs> you heard it first. Today's the day I realized that I could be loved. It echoed through the park last night. He was in our son. He belonged to Lower me into the ground. Let the worms feast. <laughs> you know, I do think I want to be buried. You do? Yeah, it's a new thing. I always thought I wanted to be cremated, but I'm, I'm leaning towards burying now. Oh, listen to this part. That's great. Yeah, I guess I try not to think about that, but um, yeah, lower me in the ground. Shut this thing down with a little bit of pomp and circumstance. 
You know what did it for me, and I feel lame. November rain video. That's what is. Uh, <laughs> we will get Slash to play at your funeral. Just come out and just wail on the guitar. Definitely the service will be in the funeral in the middle of the desert, <laughs> for sure. Where there's just one house. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. Okay. All right, I'll write that. I'll, I'll make sure. Please note that, Bob. Yep, noted. Yep. Um, no, Neil deGrasse Tyson yep. was talking about Smart it. gentleman. Smart guy. Yeah. Talking about being buried and why it's better than being cremated. Not even, like, objectively better, but just kind of talking about what he, how he feels about it. And he said some stuff that made sense to me, just about, you know, being a part of the ecosystem as opposed to just your energy going out into the hmm. into the air where you know you kind of drift off into space and you don't influence anything as opposed to like you said the worms feasting on you and like really becoming a part of the ecosystem do you want me to make sure you don't get pumped full of any embalming fluid just throw throw you in as like an old corpse into the old coffin i mean i'm sure my wife will take care of it you don't have you have no responsibility in this <laughs> I'm I don't, using I don't know, this I don't podcast know, as a binding I don't agreement. know where bosom buddies come in <laughs> when it comes down to that stuff, but I think you're okay. Uh, I'm going to just like spray paint on your coffin. Here lies a power bottom. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. So there it is. Rilo Kylie, more adventurous, uh, brings back a lot of good memories. Uh, Wait, I want to say one more thing time. before we move on. Speaking yes. of memories, you know who this uh, album kind of reminds me of is our friend in New York, Aki Tuesday. Oh, yeah. She was a big Rilo Kylie fan, and I feel like one of the first people I knew in New York who she was really cool, and she had a blog, and I got to know her, and the fact that she liked Rilo Kylie was enough for me to just be like, this is a really cool band. Does she listen to our podcast? Yeah, and she also listens to our she podcast. She better. I was just going to say, like, yeah. if she doesn't listen, how often do you get a shout-out on a world-renowned podcast World-renowned. Like um, so Aki Tuesday, I hope everything's going well with you. You're a good woman. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. I love Aki Tuesday. I know you do. Great girl. Great girl. All right. So here we go. Here we go. It's time to pick, Bob. Uh, I will, um, I will use my, uh, veto on Love and War, 11, 11, 46. Your loss. It's out of the running. So, but I will throw it to you and be out of, uh, out of respect for, how much it hurt you that I hated that song. I will be very lenient towards whatever you choose here uh, and might just roll the depending, though. We'll see. What do you got? I mean, I can narrow it down to three. Okay. Right off the bat. Uh, what do you got? What are the three? Take me through it. Take me through your thought process, Bob. Well, the thought process is uh, the first one that I'm throwing out there is Does He Love You? We've talked about it a lot this mm -hmm. episode. Such an incredible song. Mm -hmm. So interesting. If you don't know Jenny Lewis, I feel like you'll fall in love with her mm -hmm. listening to it. Unless, actually, I never really thought about if you're like a married woman, you probably hate that song. Yeah, you, Jenny Lewis is the other woman. She's a threat. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, more than a threat. She's like a you know kind of a c word. Let's face it. I mean, she's trying to steal your man. Right, right. So I wonder. I wonder. I guess I've never even talked to uh, my wife or any other female about like how do you feel about does he love you? Right. Huh. I'll throw out also that as much as I do like that song, it's it fits so perfectly within this album to take it and throw it into our playlist. Maybe a little jarring listening experience. What else you got? Maybe. Uh, I'm going to throw out Portions for Foxes. Mm -hmm. I know it's uh, the big single on this, but mm -hmm. again, like you said, I feel like it never really got the love it deserves. Maybe this can finally, by putting it on our playlist, can give it that love. You sure about that? Yeah, I know. Our playlist is a big deal. We <laughs> okay, have, I like that, though. We have at least 300 followers. Yeah, hey, we're fine. On there. And what else? Last one. 
And um, finally, you're not allowing me to throw in love and war. <laughs> so I'll throw out I never because I know how you feel about it. And I'm a good guy. OK, well, I'm, I, I feel strongly that that's a, a really great kind of middle of the album overlooked gem. But uh, you pick, Bob, of those three and I'll roll with anyway. I respect all three of those choices. Go ahead. No, you don't. There's, there's no way you do. <laughs> All so. right. Portions for Foxes, I would say no, because we try to stay away from like the, the basic single. Right. So then it comes down to Does He Love You or I Never. Mm-hmm. I like Does He Love You. I think that it's a really cool song. And okay. I, I feel like it. maybe it doesn't. F- well, we don't know what's coming next, so maybe it will fit perfectly. Maybe it will. I I, I think it's a great it kind of uh, it's a great little like peek into this album. Uh, so let's do it. Is there anything I was missing that you wanted to throw out? No, I think that you hit it. Uh, the the monkey George Bush monkey poop song. No. Uh, so it, for me, it would have come down to those three as well. I would have went with I never, but I can live with does he love you for sure. So let's do it. Live with it. You fucking top that's <laughs> taking it. <laughs> what a great way to seg into this love song. OK, so there you go. Uh, the Spotify playlist. Look it up. It's under what? Throwback podcast uh, playlist. The throwback podcast playlist. Okay. And um, thank you to the other uh, to the throwback podcast fans who have made their own playlists that have uh, encroached on your territory. Is that what you're yeah. Say? Fuck you guys. No, no, no. They've done cool stuff. Like there's a playlist out there I saw that has like the full albums from all the artists that we've done. Oh, that's cool. There's another playlist that has like. These are my four favorite songs from the album. So it's cool. Oh, Make nice. your own playlists and maybe we'll tweet them out too. You know that? It sounds like a communal experience. It's becoming that way, Dan. I like it and I love it. And the way to get in touch with us is at Throwback Pod on Twitter. Um, also, what a Throwback Pod at gmail.com. That's it's, yeah, well. our, our Gmail is on our Twitter. Just follow us on Twitter. That's the big place to go. Go to iTunes, rate us five stars. Yeah, we need that. that. We need that. If you could do that, and if in the review section, leave the album you want us to uh, do next, and we will put it into our list and and talk about it. But we won't do it unless you leave the review, so please do that. Uh, And finally, uh, a question, Bob. Yeah. Do you guys want some cookies? I guess it all works out just That was a HeadGum Podcast.